think the future of this podcast is because we will become a video podcast is I think we shall become VTubers. Let's do it. So can someone tell me what a VTuber is? Is it it's video tubes? YouTube? <laughs> what is <laughs> what it what it basically means, Josh, if we would all have an avatar, but like the avatar would move when we move and talk when we talk. Oh, we can oh, all like become... a, that, that silly little thing. I could do that. We, we can like all that. become sweet anime girls. Yeah, I'm in for that. Yep. Yeah, I want to be like some sort of um um dude with like that with hair that like goes over to the side like that, Mars like kind of, and I look all sad and angsty and I wear a suit <laughs> that's really tight, makes my body look like go down to a V, that kind of my- thing. Mine will mine will be either Tifa or Aerith, depending which uh, one looks better uh, with the render. I want to be the I want to be the main character from Golgo thirteen. That's what I want. What? Right? <laughs> no. <laughs> By the way, reaction called that whole thing. Like, what in, the in case you don't hear tonight, Charlie Butters had his brain removed, and they're gonna put it back in. So, just want to make everyone know that that surgery really is a thing, yeah, and yeah, he's yeah, having yeah. his brain removed. He just like an that, Universal Soldier, which I just watched. Yeah, yeah. From from now on, from now on, he's not Charlie Butter. He's Shibata Butter. Right, <laughs> Shibata Butter Brain. <laughs> oh shit! Well, speaking of people's brains coming out of their head, um, I went to the uh, JCW Jersey J Cup at uh, at uh, White Eagle Hall in Jersey City, and it was lovely nostalgia to be back in Jersey City. I love it. Our very own Dom and Koo were on that card. And we can talk about that. I think you guys watched it or some of it. First night was awesome. Very well paced. Started at 8 o'clock. Got out like before quarter to 11. Really, really well paced. Second night, not so well paced. <laughs> to put it mildly. I think we got out of there at like 11.45. But uh, the first night when Dom and Ku wrestled the astronauts, Dom beat Abe with a headbutt that I think everyone in the crowd could not believe the sound it made. Speaking of brains leaving your head, it was. I don't know. Did you watch the? Did you watch Dominico? It was crazy. I I didn't get to see any of it. That's one the one match I was going to go back and watch. I didn't have time to do. But and I met little great Sasaki, and he's a tiny little fella. And him and I shook hands, and I didn't realize. You know, I I'm not. I didn't get like you know. He bowed and thanked me for getting Butters his picture and whatnot. But he shook my hand, and his fingers are so mangled that he shakes your hand like this. He can't even close. He can't open his fingers. Like, it looks like a, a claw hand when he shakes your hand. It's bizarre. But he's a I, tiny little guy. And I love how you get great not get a tiny little guy. He's like an inch shorter than I am. He's small. I'll show you the picture. He's very small. and he. Uh, but he puts on crazy matches, and he takes floor bumps for 56 years old. And he. it's almost like Willy Wonka. He shows up to the ring kind of limping, like, and then bam, he goes right into it and he finds it and he can walk around, he can do everything. But that was very, very impressive. But I think the funniest line of the night, and shout out to our boy Matt Fish. I was with Lewis, Butter's best friend Lewis, and uh, Bagelmonger. And Matt Fish said, Jonathan Gresham looks is shaped like a Dorito. <laughs> He's also <laughs> super long in the shoulders and way little in the waist, <laughs> like a triangle. <laughs> I was laughing at it all night. I can't help it. But I, I've heard of skipping leg day. Can you skip weight day? Like a better thing? He has a tiny waist, but his he's so broad that he really is shaped like a Dorito. But anyway, um, the second night was way, way too long. The first, they, there's a way, there had to be a way to do the second night of the quarter semis and finals without every match taking, you know, 25 minutes. Every Jordan Oliver match takes between 20 and 30 minutes. It's, it's just, it's, you're just guaranteed it. So he wrestled Nick Wayne. In the semis, and that was probably 
<sighs> maybe the best match of that night. But um, even the finals with Masha was really, really long. He just, he, he just, he beat the crap out of Masha for so long, and then she finally got the submission. It just, it went on entirely too long. It didn't make a whole lot of sense. I wonder so. if Match Time grew up on Cage Match for that yet or not. I, I'm kind of curious. I know I watched the New Japan show yesterday on uh, Sunday morning, like four o'clock in the morning, and they did their version of War Game, and that thing was over a fucking hour. And what so. and the, and the thing is, is that match was great. And like 35 minutes in, they've got a bit where like all five guys on each team are staring each other down, and they're and they're hawking up. And everybody starts fighting, and then everybody leaves the ring except for Osprey and Dave Finley. And I'm like, this is perfect. They're right where they need to be to go home, and they want another half a fucking hour. Really? Yes. They want another half hour? They want another half hour after the perfect go-home spot. Was that the same show, the Brian the, the Brian Danielson, uh, 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 what's-his-face, Zack Sabre Jr. match was on? It was. You can go out of your way to watch that match. That's fucking fantastic. Was that their second match together? Yes. I thought that was like an old. I thought people were bringing up old gifts of him when they were kicking each other in the face. No, that was that was from that was from Sunday morning. That match is fucking great. Go out of your way to watch that. But really impressive. That was though some of those spots were crazy. I didn't I didn't realize that that was the, the same night. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. An hour and four minutes for a fucking war games match that that was at the perfect go home spot about at about thirty five minute mark. That's a Royal Rumble. An hour and four minutes. That's an actual Royal Rumble. How long a Royal Rumble goes? Yeah. And the thing is, like, I'm in the minority of people that thought it went too long. Everybody's talking about, that was the greatest thing ever. They did all this, all, all this really good stuff. Yeah, they did. They all go tore the ring apart and were falling through the fucking thing. And that was like 10 minutes after they started tearing the fucking ring apart, but still going. <laughs> and that went that went too long. It was just that, was like, the, that was the end? That was the last match of the night? That was the last match of the night, yeah. Okay. But, well, it had to be. They weren't going to put the ring back together. People falling through the fucking thing, but... Well, night two GCW, that's the thing. So the GCW did three matches that weren't on the card. And night two GCW did a six on six um, with like all the people who were in the tournament who lost. That was probably my favorite match of the night. They had a spot with Ref Scarlet where she like cleared the ring and gave Charles Mason a stunner. And then they threw beer to her and she was about to do the beer spot. And Tony Depp and beat her up and took the beer away and spilled it all over the place. And then they still had four matches to go, and the ring was covered in beer. Okay, so you mentioned J- Jordan Oliver seemingly not knowing how to go under 20 minutes. Yeah. So, night one, Griffin McCoy, 21-03. Night two, Myron Reed, 17-22. Okay. Nick Wayne, 21-05. Masha mm-hmm. Klimovich, 18-50. They're long. That's long. Yeah, so so if you watch the Saturday show, you call Jordan Oliver three times, and he had average match with like 19 minutes. He goes on for a very, very long time. He really does. It takes it. And this one next to me went to went to night two. So <laughs> see her CPA shirt. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I mean, I, I I make comments about how the young bucks don't seem to know how to go less than 20 minutes, but they they have done it. Like I've seen it happen. Jordan Oliver, I'm not sure I've ever seen it happen. I didn't watch any particular he, show. The problem. So here's my problem. And we said this there. And I think we've said it on this show. Jordan Oliver has been the JCW champion for a year. He's defended the belt 30 times, okay? He hasn't defended against anybody worthwhile. He hasn't evolved in his role. He is the same guy. And every match, seemingly at the 15-minute mark, 14-minute mark, he does a chop exchange like he's fresh as a daisy, and he did the same thing with Masha. And I was like, there's no way he's going to do a chop exchange with Masha. Bam, there it is. It's Every match is very formulaic. 
we we had a cutter over under count. I was with actually night one. I was with ETU owner uh, Struggles, who's awesome, who mentioned that he was on the show with you guys when you guys were um, IWTV guide. And uh, I like that guy a lot. And we were making jokes about, about you know, just a little bit about everything. He's a really funny guy. And I'm I'm looking forward to the ETO sh- ETU show in March, um, which I think uh, uh, Billy Starks is going to be there. But, um, he, you know, I was joking, like, the over-under on, ch- on cutters between – uh nick wayne and and jordan oliver i think it was nine i think they did nine cutters nine when does that what what are we doing people <laughs> like the, the the cutter is the new cooper kick i i mean what are we doing what are we doing just ridiculous mars sorry what'd you do this weekend anything fun <laughs> no i kept it mostly low-key honestly yeah did, I, you, watch I mean, I got... did you watch any sports ball <clears throat> no sports ball for me no super bowl no super bowl Oh my God! Really? I, I pictured you, Marcia, like a uh, at a sports bar watching watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> no, I played like a dragon in Finn Wells. That's been the majority of my, like my last two weeks. Is that game third person? Yeah. And you could just like, go around and is it open world or is it like linear? It's open. You're not gonna like it. It's turn based. It's it's turn based. No, it isn't. It's well now it's turn based. At, at at okay, so there, this is the eighth game. Even though there's like way more. The last one, it became a turn-based RPG. No, I'm out. Yeah, there's no possible way that I would. I, I, well, I thought look, it was... if you play zero, you, it's going to take you so fucking long to get through all these games. You're never going to actually make it to the point where it becomes a turn-based RPG. I, I literally thought it was like Shenmue. Like that's it, all I wanted. It I was. Wanted, it was, and now it's not. For several games, Ugh, they changed it up off of an April Fool's joke, and it fucking works. It fucking works. That's the thing. What do you mean they changed it off an April Fool's joke? So uh, before Seven got released, they had a trailer that was like supposedly an April Fool's joke where it was like a turn-based RPG. And the reaction was so positive, they kind of just leaned into it, even though I think they had the intention of it just being a turn-based RPG that whole time. Okay. But yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's basically because the main character is TT, so he sees everything as an RPG. It, no. just, it just works. That's real? Yeah. Oh, that's so strange. It's all right, maybe I'll look good. at it. All right, I'll look at it. I mean, yeah. a- 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 AEW was sponsored by it, so how, right? Like, how bad could it be? <laughs> There's a whole Animal Crossing mini game. There's a fucking Pokemon mini game. I want to play it just to get to the Animal Crossing mini game. I'm not going to lie. It's so good. I'm, I've never played Animal Crossing. I don't know. I have to kind of catch up, I guess. I have a Switch underneath my bed that's never been opened if anybody wants one. I, I mean, I, I'll take it. You don't want it. I was, I was say I don't have one either right now. So like, I got it from work for free, and we just never, we never did anything with it. It is my birthday, and like next week, this week actually. Oh, it's this, yeah, Saturday. There In case go. everyone's listening, buy Marcy a drink when you see her, or, or just, drink. or 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 just, or just send her money. She'll take that too. Buy her drink. Buy yes. her switch. <laughs> <laughs> get her some skins and whatever game she's playing. <laughs> Loot boxes and whatnot. Wait, where are we? Oh, it's IW Guide. <laughs> uh, I am. I my brain is in my head, and I'm Jay Gold. I don't know if I have a brain. I'm Jay Hawk. Mm. I'm just dog brains. I'm Marcy. And we're missing the uh, fearless leader tonight. Yeah, the man, behind, the man behind the curtain and it producer Butter, who may or may not join us for the interview, but he is under the weather. So if you don't hear him for the rest of the night, you know why. He's listening. He's, you could say whatever you want about him. He's attached he's a- to one of those machines. He's always just an ever lurking presence on this show. 
<laughs> I like to think of him as in one of those like hologram machines that he's staring down at us in all of our studios. Uh, Josh, you got some shout outs. I think we have some shout yes. outs. Shout outs for the Patreon people. Zach, Brock, Banglemonger, and Chris. Thank you for being our uh, $10 tiers. And the special shout out each week to Patty. Hey, Patty. Hello. Hey, Patty. Hi, Patty. Patty, do, we do you have any questions about uh, uh, like a, like whatever that game is called? You can ask Marcy. She'll go over with you. <laughs> Are we no longer being patroned by Dominic Karimi, Crutch Shot, Leader Kakum, whatever the fuck the name was? Oh, my God. I guess not. I guess not. Huh. Well, you know, they can't stay on forever. We no. appreciate who we were. We're trying to build new patrons. So if you're out there listening, you like what you hear, join the Patreon $5 tier, $10 tier. Um, you know, you get some, you get in the discord, you get to hear episodes when they drop, you know, all sorts of fun stuff. We have so much content coming. I know uh, Butters works really hard on getting content out to everybody. So, you know, Marcy has her, her show. Jayhawk's coming out with his show. There's always something going on on the Patreon. So if you want to get access to that, you know, check it out. I think it's uh, it's worth your time. It's worth your money. Uh, we work yeah. pretty hard on it. Yeah, and, and we get come time. You can't do every month. That's fine. Sign up for a month. Listen to the backlog. Leave it for a few months and come back when you can. That's perfectly yeah. fine, too. It's the best part but, of Patreon. Yeah. The content stays up. That's the beautiful part about it. And for the love of God, somebody name yourself. Jay Gold's micro penis, and so we could say that every fucking there. week. <laughs> like Alex, I said, how are you there? He's ever on... lurking presence. God damn it! <laughs> you never know when he's going to show up. <sighs> Can we talk about what's on, please? Somebody hit that that bumper. What's on, what's on this weekend? Yeah, Marky, why don't you actually go ahead and start off with the IWTV stuff this week? But I'm actually trying to find something worthwhile on, on the trailer guide. Uh, by IWTV side, there is a Saturday show. Uh, H2O presents Causing Havoc, uh, featuring the tournament for the Danny Havoc Championship. Uh, also on the card for the H2O Championship, Austin Luke defends against Kennedy Copeland. Uh, and Anything Goes match, Matt Tremont takes on Low Life Louis Ramos. <clears throat> And then in the tournament, in first round matches, it's Neil Diamond Cutter versus Jess Moss versus Anthrax with two X's, not three. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, <laughs> Alex Stretch versus Mouse versus Declan Grant. Uh, Bam Sullivan versus Lady Blakey versus J.B. Anderson versus Kristen Ross. And Gigi Everson versus Chris ba- Bradley versus Jimmy Chandelion. Yeah, that's, that's really, there's not, this is a light weekend. It is a light weekend on the. Trailer TV Plus, power, powered by Fight Guide as well. Uh, Friday at 7 p.m., at allegedly 7 p.m. Eastern. I'm trying to get confirmation on that. Uh, Future Star Wrestling presenting their high octane, the newest episode of high octane. It's listed as being live, but it's like 4 o'clock Vegas time. That's why I'm kind of questioning it. But Shogun against Duke Lorick for the FSW Heavyweight Championship. Dante King against Damian Drake, Danny Limelight, Kevin Koa, and more on that card. And then Saturday... February 17th, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Wrestling Revolver presents What a Show. Among the Monday Magic on that card in Grand Prairie, Texas, Leah Rush against Chris Bay. Wrinkled Young Veterans against the team of Monster Sauce, Lance Archer and Alex Gaines for the Revolver World Tag Team title. Monster Sauce? You got the Murder Hawk Monster. Yep. And you have Alex Gaines doing his thing. Oh, the the Taco Bell thing. Okay. Monster Sauce. Hmm. 
Revolver no World idea. Title match: Alex Shelley defending in a four-way against Alan Angel, J.D. Griffin, Exodus Prime. A first-time ever match between Speedball Mike Bailey and Elijah, formerly known as Elias. Brian Keith against Man Four, and much, much more on that card. There's something like twelve matches on that card. That's actually interesting. Uh, Mike Bailey versus Elijah. I'll take that. That's not bad at all. Brian Keith and Man Four, and and it, it intriguing as well. I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of I kind of want to see that one. Um, I am going to Wrestler's Lab on Sunday, Showabunga 2 in the Richfield Park Mecca. So I'll be there um, and uh, I'll be seeing uh, uh, our friends and and I think Ref uh, Rosie's going to be there and a bunch of people are going to be there. So I'm looking forward to uh, sitting in the front. Cheap ticket, 20 bucks for the front row. Can't go wrong. $15 GA. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So I don't know if Showabunga is going to be on IWTV or Fight. I don't think so. But um, whoever's going, it's going to be wild. Okay, and I did get confirmation. The Future Star Correcting Show on Friday is 7 p.m. Pacific time, so 10 o'clock Eastern. Nice. And I think that is what's on. Fresh meat. Fresh meat. Okay, our guest tonight. He had a lifetime reserve seat at both Texas Roadhouse and Longhorn Steakhouse. He was the inspiration for Kid Rock's song, Cowboy. He isn't a cowpoke, but he does poke cows, and his mustache makes John Wayne look less manly. The IW Guide Rookie of the Year, Shelby Wilder. Welcome to the show. There you go. (laughs) I'm excited to be here. It's not, really, it's, not, it's not really something to brag about being an inspiration for a Kid Rock song, though. I mean, uh, that's uh, debatable, <laughs> you know. I mean, I am a cowboy, but me and Kid Rock are on different levels, you know. <laughs> right, we just we're more we're more impressed every time you get Pedro to do one of your your promos with you. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy. <laughs> well, we appreciate you coming on. So I'm going to start off with uh, uh, some of Charlie Butters is under the weather tonight. They removed his brain, but we're going to be um covering for him so i'm going to start with charlie's normal uh line of questioning jayhawk if that's all right or if you want to rock and roll so first question to you is uh have did you do any backyard wrestling when you were a kid i uh i did not i mean kind of like i had a friend who had a trampoline Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like super intense like it was just hey let me hit a tombstone no no uh no names for each other or anything no, we just pretended to be our favorite wrestlers. That was that was about our extent. We just kind of were like, "I'm Carlito today." No, oh, I like that. Where so? Who was your favorite wrestler? Like, what what was your uh, um, what was your inspiration? How'd you get started there? Uh, I, Shawn Michaels was a big one, as you can tell through the chaps. I was a big Randy Orton guy. Those were like guys, and then John Cena. You know, I was little, so I mean, John Cena was a god to a kid. Now, um, before we get to like your background a little bit, do you have any pre-match rituals? Because you've been you've been around longer than I think people realize. Um, and we'll get into your you know your training and such. But do you do anything? What's your what's your pre-match ritual to get yourself ready? So I have to. I have a playlist on my phone that I listen to, and I have to. I pace back and forth. Like I just pace. If I don't pace, I don't feel like it's gonna. I'm just gonna be terrible. So I just pace back and forth, and then. I just kind of just wait for the music to hit at that point. Nice. And so let's get into your your uh, your background a little bit. You are not an AIW. You did not start in AIW, from my understanding. 
So no, give us a little not. bit. Yeah, give us the uh, evolution of how you got there. And and I understand there was some time in Florida. So tell us a little bit about from the beginning. How'd you get into it? Uh, where'd you go to school? And then how'd you find your way to uh, AIW? All right. Uh, so I've always loved wrestling. And at 18, uh, baseball was no longer an option for me. So me and my dad, I took my dad to WrestleMania 34. And we went to the access and stuff. And my mom was with us. And I just remember after doing the access going, this is what I should do. Like, I just, there was something about it that day where I was like, this is it. So I'm going to give her a big shout out. My mom went and talked to the Godfather at his meet and greet. And he said, if he wants to do it, he should go to Team 3D Academy in Florida. So at 19, I packed up everything and moved and started training down under uh, the 3D Academy with Billy Gunn, Serpentico, Devon, Apache Dan, who was on that uh, ESPN uh, American Gladiators 30 for 30. Oh. And I, I started my training down there. And so you said you were 19 with them down in down. in. so what was the what was the uh, uh, culture shock moving and take picking everything up and going down there like for you? It, it was a it was a big adjustment because the people I was training with, a lot of them could go out. But like I was 19, so it was kind of five days a week you were training. And then the weekends I would sit at my apartment by myself where I stayed because it was like I couldn't go out and really do anything. But I mean, it was just a weird like it, it felt like a college experience to where it was like, you know, I packed up, moved to go to college and went far and then it was just like this is weird were you were you working in between in between that time you were training no so from 18 to 19 i saved up as much money as i could and like had money that i put aside to build for it that's why i waited that year in between 18 and 19 to go because i wanted to like just focus on wrestling like it was five days a week from 9 a.m to like 8 p.m so it was a whole day so it was training nonstop. So those guys, do they do they prepare you for the style, like maybe the TV style over an indie style, or did you have an idea of what you wanted to accomplish when you were down there? So they their like goal is to like have you ready for a tryout. Like they want to be like this person could go have a tryout tomorrow and be the top of the tryout class from the cardio aspect, from the lifting and everything. So they're but like when you would train with Serpentico. He's uh, AEW. He's part of Spanish Announce Project. He was the person who was like, "Here's what you're going to do on the indies, and here's how you like. Here's your fundam- fundamentals." Devon gave you your chaining fundamentals. Billy gave you your footwork, and then Serpentico was kind of the give you everything. So they kind of got you ready for a tryout, but also said you're gonna do, you're gonna spend time on the indies, so we need you to be prepared for that, but also be ready for a TV style match. Now, did you I, run? I, did you? Oh, sorry, Joe. Go ahead. I, if I can just jump in there, yeah. what, would the, what would be the difference between how that was run and how the IW school was run? Uh, I, I mean, there's not a, like it's like a tomato tomato thing. Like everyone's going to teach you something different. So, like the big difference is the amount of training days and like the length. But like the AIW school got me so much more prepared to go out and have my first match. I felt to whereas 3D. I was getting ready, probably in way better shape than I am now, and I'm trying to get back to that. But with 3D, it was cardio, cardio. We'll teach you how to build a match, 
and then kind of let you go on your own to whereas AIW you have a goal immediately to work towards and that's fresh meat debuting and you have a place to work at 3D it was all right you're cleared to go out and wrestle good luck they they didn't run shows they didn't run any kind of uh of you know way to get you prepared from just the school side they weren't like you know then not like AIW where they do you know shows like that there was no place for you to go from there down there did you do any indies in Florida I didn't really do many indies in Florida like I was telling someone about like his top dollar was there and he was wrestling at this place called the Sausage Castle so I would go there but like I didn't do many indies down there because I got injured before I was getting ready to debut because that's uh <laughs> my biggest Achilles heel is an injury before a big moment <laughs> But, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we would we'll probably get to that. But no, they started doing shows like after COVID, which is super cool for the kids down there now who get to go out and like have a show and have people come in and watch. But I think it was because at the time, Devon was like a producer, so they couldn't really mix it that much. And it was like early on before Booker started doing his shows for reality. So it was like a weird middle ground. So what made you pick up and and move back? What was the what was the reason to come back to uh to Ohio and do do that the AIW school? So I messed up my shoulder real bad. I I can't even remember like the motion, but my shoulder just dropped and I had no feeling in my hands and couldn't lift. And I had a stick shift Jeep that I drive that was down there with me. And it was my right hand and I was just about to turn 20 and I just called my dad and said, "Hey, I can't be down here by myself with this injury." I'm like, "I can't." I was like, I got to move back. And I was like, we'll figure it out. So I moved back and like did rehab. And then like two years later, I was like, wrestling was always in the back of my mind. I was like, I got to go back to it. I just didn't what, know what where. year was that. What year was that? Uh, that would have been 20 end of 22. end of like when I started to get back into wrestling, like mm-hmm. that mindset. And I went to uh, an OWA show in Columbus because one of my friends, Merrick Donovan, was wrestling on the show. And he told me, like, hey, are you getting back into wrestling yet? And I said, yeah, I just don't know where to go. And one of the wrestlers there told me to go to AIW. And that's how I found AIW. So you you just to backtrack a little bit, um, and, and then I'll, I will I got a bunch of questions. I'll, I'll switch off to Jayhawk and Mars so we can kind of, you know, get in all, all the questions. Um, so you... To give us a little bit of of color on your past, um, when you were young, who got you into wrestling when you were like, let's say, seven or eight? Or did you only start doing it as you got older? No, it was it was my dad, my dad and mom. Like my family, like all of my family have been like wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. Like my family, like were front row touching Stone Cold and The Rock. And like they've always been in on it. So I was just uh, raised on it. Like, it was just something that was always in the house and something I always loved. So, I was like, my dad will tell a story about how I was in the crib at, like, one, hitting the side, saying, can you smell what the rock is cooking, and hitting people's <laughs> elbows. Nice. Uh, I'm so, going to I'm gonna turn it over to Jayhawk and March for a couple, and then we'll we'll come back around. Go ahead, Jayhawk. Okay. Uh, I'm going to actually get away from wrestling for a little bit here. Uh, first off, you mentioned your pre in your pre-show ritual, you've got a playlist that you're playing while you're speaking. Ba- while you're pacing around, what's on the playlist? What are you jamming to before a show? So there's a lot of Zach Bryan, who is the entrance song. There's Toby Keith, Rest in Peace. Uh, there's some like songs you wouldn't imagine by this artist named Angie McMahon. 
she's got a couple songs that like i just listened to that like put me in a headspace who else the heavy is on it a lot of borderlands soundtrack borderlands the game yeah 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 huh shelby we know you're lying the only thing that's on there is just ball with the ball on repeat yeah yeah the, I, my name is shelby wilder yeah. <laughs> i got i got a remix version of it all right, all right yeah. there you now you, now, you mentioned once you hit 18, baseball was no longer in the cards for you. Uh, so first off, why didn't baseball work out? Oh, I just, I had a an injury and like, it wasn't something like, I I just, it just kind of like, it felt like it was a time to end. I got hurt before the season started and I was just like, like I, my scholarship options were gone and I just said, I'm just, this isn't my path. It wasn't the way I was supposed to go. So I kind of just said, all right, like I, that door closed. I know it closed. I'll, I'll know what I want to do. It'll come to me. Cause I'm a big, like everyone's got a path. Some are rockier than other, others. And that one just kind of had a closed sign on it. And I said, all right, let's go find the run around to the path. And now what, what positions did you play? I was a catcher and shortstop. Two completely different positions. You don't expect somebody to be able to play both those positions. That's actually interesting. Yeah, I, I preferred catcher, but I could play shortstop if needed. Hey, did you have a favorite player growing up? Somebody that inspired you to get into baseball? Uh, like I, catcher wise, no. I just kind of fell into catching, but I was always a Derek Jeter guy because my mom was a Yankees fan. So Derek Jeter was someone, I, and I know as a, an Ohioan, that's like a sin to say, but Derek Jeter is one of the best to ever do it, and then. Also, Mariano Rivera was someone I who had like the wrestling presence in my mind of the Enter Sandman. So those were two big names: Grady Sizemore, CC Sabathia. So I had a couple guys who I liked watching. Mars, hey, those are that? baseball players. Mars, I, I know. I actually know about the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, I'm from about... the I'm from the Bronx. Right, oh. right. Mars is a Long Islander and a and a New York Cityer and all those things. Even though she's out in Ohio. Marcy knows about you- catching and yanking and everything like that. <laughs> uh, all right. What, what about now? You still following the game now? Yeah, I, I, I will always watch uh, baseball. Yeah, are you are, are you a Yankee fan? Is like what your mom grew into, or are you kind of taking your own path now? You're a little bit older. No, I I, I always will. I will always have respect for the Yankees and Guardians, but I've always been more of a Cardinals fan. Okay. Yeah. What in the world? What is all these? You got Jeter, Mariano, then you name a whole bunch of uh, Cleveland Indians from back in the day, and now you're giving us the Cardinals? Yeah, I love the Cardinals. That's because that was my, like, uh, T-ball and, like, young – that was always the team I was on when I was playing youth baseball was the Cardinals. So I was well, like, I what's this? I can see you're loyal. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm wearing the birds. I'm put, I'm supporting them on TV. I'll never forget the World Series. Yeah. Got to make some trips in the next couple of years and have to catch a game. I've I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do the every ballpark thing. I forgot how expensive it was to actually try to do that. So. Yeah, only twenty nine more to go, Jayhawk. <laughs> Something like that, actually. Yeah, I'm, 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 I might actually get one of when I go to Philadelphia for WrestleMania. I might drive a couple hours and get get the like the I think DC home that weekend. So oh, look at a nice stadium too. So if I could just jump in real quick before I I send you over to Mars and Jayhawk, sorry to step in. I I didn't. I wanted to ask you before. Give us your um. You know, you we saw you at 880, you know, in like non-canon and before your fresh meat. Give us your your opinion, your thoughts on what that was like. And then when you finally got to fresh meat, if you could tell us how you felt 
and and you know who was there and what it felt like to you to be in that that first match canon match so to speak with aiw uh so before it it there wasn't pressure like doing those 880 shows and it felt like a, a spring training game like it's like there's no stakes there's no like like people are still watching you but it's not nothing's official yet like did you so get you John's? Go, did you get Thorns like blessing to go do eight eighty or was it like uh, yeah let me let me go take care of this and like try to get in front of people? So that was a, a Dom and Derek decision because mm-hmm. members only started going like before their debut and like so they kind of were like you can go get reps in it just can't be promoted as much you know like it's mm-hmm. like you have to kind of keep it under the table so the, it was. It was a very helpful thing, though, because you kind of figure out what works, even though it's a no-pressure situation. It's very beneficial. To me, it was, and I think to the other guys, I hope I hope it was. Mm-hmm. But then you get to the Fresh Meat show, and that was, uh, a ner- that was more nerve-wracking because I had all my family in attendance, friends, and it was like, okay, here's the pressure. It's not just performing for, like, the first live time. It's you're going out. And let's see how you do. And hopefully your family and friends don't make fun of you and say, hey, you're terrible. And that's a big building to make a debut in. Yeah, that was, yeah. And that was like super pressure because like the class before me got the Odeon and like, which was a cool venue. But then that venue, it's like ECW was here. And like, there's some legends who have been in this building. And now I have to go out there for my first like live experience, first Canon event and try to, live up to some speck of what's been in that building before. I mean, you did have, you did have a lot more of a, uh, I would even say a leg up on some of your classmates because of the training beforehand, you know, working out of Florida, then working 880, then working in the AIW school, your knowledge base was probably a little bit deeper than some of your, you know, the students that you worked with, you know, some of your co-students. Yeah, I, I definitely had the, a good amount of knowledge, but I mean, that was the other pressures because I wanted all of them to succeed and crush it, mm-hmm. but you don't want to go out there and not deliver what they deliver. And it was going on second to last was nerve wracking because you're just watching K Arcadia and cool, <laughs> cool as Andy had a crowd going nuts and you got Nipsey Nash and you're just watching Alex Melee. You're like, everyone is crushing it. Like Tyler Jordan, like you're like, Oh, I'm the co-main event. And this is what's been going like, oh, geez. And I know Zay and Derek are next, and I know they were going to crush it. So it was even more pressure. Even though I had all this knowledge, I was like, I got a lot to live up to. And how do you think it went? Uh, I'm, I'm happy. Like, it it wasn't to the best of my abilities. I know that. There was some fumbles and some missteps, and I saw them. And I've watched the match back a bunch of times, tried to take notes on it. I know, I know it's not a perfect match. It's good and it's ideal because I can only go up like and which is what I like. I I didn't go out there thinking I'm going to have the match of the night of the whole weekend. Like I was like, I'm going out there and leaving it in the ring and let's see if we can build off of it and keep going. And I'm proud of it because it was a very special match to me. So like like I'll always be proud to say that was my first match. And and since you brought up um, that um you mentioned earlier about getting injured um i don't know if it was your third match or was it the fourth your the the halloween match where you got hurt that'd be the um, third third okay. match so 
you're you're getting a little bit of momentum you're you're getting up to the you know getting booked on a couple shows then you get to the halloween show and you get injured tell us a little bit about you know what happened that night and and how you felt like getting back because you you came back to go up against dom the last at the last show which was batshit insane to be a match back or even thinking you know i got injured now i'm gonna go up against dom so what what were you thinking what happened that night uh it's it's so weird how much of it is a blur. Like there's parts I remember. I remember going up and we were going to do the Sunset Dreams, which I've taken three times at that point. Like I've taken the move before and it was no big deal. It's just as I was going up, we got a little too high and I came down a little too fast. And I just remember hitting and Philly asking me, are you okay? And I just went, no, I can't feel my legs. Mm. And then that's when it was like, oh, I can't feel my legs. And then it was just, it was all a rush. Like Pedro was in there and like all of a sudden the bottom ropes off Derek's next to me and I'm getting emotional trying to hide my face. Cause I was like, this is terrible. Like I I'm freaking out. I'm like, I'm never wrestling again. Like I have no feeling. And then the ambulance gets there and I leave. And then I get to that slap happy spot. Rosie comes to the hospital. She's with me and she's like freaking out. And I'm just cracking jokes at that point because I was like, well, this is a terrible situation. Let's just make the light of it and see if I can make someone laugh. <laughs> I was just like, I'm in a crop top. This is weird, right? <laughs> but at what point did you get feeling back? What well, what point in that in that span? It was like a good four hours later. Which oh, wow. was yeah. And like they did so they called it a trauma case. So as soon as I got in the hospital. They see they they've seen the picture of what happened because there's a picture that was sent so you can see the bend and they instantly went oh this is a trauma case and I had like 15 doctors swarm into my room immediately and just run me through all these tests and then they said you're just gonna relax here and four hours later I started getting strength and feeling back in my legs which was <laughs> the most emotional moment of my life as well because it's like okay. Okay, I can walk. So well, yeah. that's I mean I, I we haven't had anybody on yet who's who's gone through that kind of uh injury. Um that's it, it was great to see you back. You know, we, we you know, we want we we've seen you so much of you, you know, in, in 880 in the beginning and to see that happen is never easy for a young, you know, to watch a young guy go through that. Um I'm going to lighten it up a bit. I'm going to send you back to Jayhawk and Marcy and we'll hit up some more stuff. All right. Yeah. I got I got one more left and then Marky can take it. Look at my look at my favorite question. Uh, if you've looked into our show, I'm sure you're familiar with the wrestling league list. I am. Okay, so I'm going to have you pick a number between one and four hundred and sixty. I will read it off to you, and we'll discuss whether we think it's true or not. Let's go number four. Number four. One of the more one of the more famous ones, actually. Tommy Rich did some quote unquote favor for Jim Barnett in exchange for the NWA World Title. I mean. His favors in quotes. Favor gets favor gets not in quotes on the writing of it, but it's in quotes. I mean, it, it's in quotes. <laughs> he yeah, went out and yeah. got him ice yeah. cream. I heard he really liked ice cream. Yeah. And he went yeah. and brought him I heard, ice cream. Sexual like favor. Sexual <laughs> favor is what I'm going for with that. What favors what? do we all think it is? I thought I like, it was like, hey, I want a Klondike. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to walk my dog for me. Right, right. Hey, yeah, make sure you like, turn the heat off in my apartment. You left the, you know, it's it's on, and I forgot to turn it off. Yeah, yeah, the, the, but... the, the, curious, the curious anchor of Jim Barnett was very obviously gay, 
and Tommy Rich played along with that to get it to get the NBA World Title. That's the do you room. think they do you think they went to Poundtown? Do you think all the way, or do you think he just had to do like a little handy action? <laughs> Poundtown, Jesus! I wasn't there, Marky. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, asking, I, that's why I'm asking you to speculate. I'm gonna say yes for the title for the world title. Hell yes! You gotta go all the way. That's a, that's an all the way type of deal, right? Listen, yeah. I, in those days, you just do what you got to do to get that <laughs> ten pounds of gold, Mars. I'm gonna yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah and and, and I didn't get a chance to go to the after party when they brought Tommy Rich in when they came back from COVID. So I didn't get to ask the question. Is that what you would have asked him? Yeah, <laughs> I, I honestly, I probably wouldn't have. Like, I wouldn't have even thought of it. If you're if you're ever in the same room with him, you know what you have to do, Jayhawk. Yeah, I'm in the game room with them. Yeah, for for what it's worth, I've talked to people who know Tommy Rich, and they they pretty much think no, there's no way. But you need to use your Hall of Famer privilege for right. good Hall of Fame yeah, credentials. You get one question is a Hall of Famer, right? Like you get one crazy question like that. Is that true, Jayhawk? You get one. He has everybody to gets one. It. Yeah, like Spider Man. Everybody gets one. Everybody gets one. Tell him Peter. that's right. That's right, Morris. What do you got? Okay, so you mentioned time in Florida. I know you said you really didn't go out the whole lot, but did you have any Florida man experiences? Because, you know, you don't really have to actually go out much to really just, just existing in Florida is a chance for an experience. I mean, there was no, like, real Florida man experiences. Like, there was crazy weather. Like, I remember lightning hit where our apartment complex was, and just every car went off. But, like, I seen people still swimming in the pool, and I was like, that's, they're stupid. (laughs) What are you doing? Get out of there. But like, there's no like, I mean, there was the occasional like crazy person who was just knocking on all our doors and stuff. But like, I tend to make sure my door was locked at night because I was like, I'm alone and I am not even a man yet at this point. I'm still a teen. Any, uh, oh, sorry, Mars. Go ahead. Any gators in the pool? No gators in the pool, thankfully. I still have all 10 toes. So we're good on that, that front. And my sister-in-law lives in Fort Myers, and like every time there's a hurricane and they, and they evacuate, she's like, I'm just going to make dinner until the electric goes out. Hopefully my dinner's ready before the power goes out. At least she doesn't give a shit. Yeah, you could tell I was not a native Floridian because they were like, this guy's freaking out too much. Did they did they put you up in a place or did you have to find your own? Found my own I had to find my own place. My dad helped me, but we we found a nice apartment that was like five minutes from the school, which was ideal because driving in Florida is a nightmare. Uh, to get to, like more outside the ring stuff, do, do you have anything you like to do in your free time to like help decompress or just like something that's not wrestling? Uh, so video games, movies, uh, music, anything to like get away for like an hour or two before I dive back into wrestling. But like it's mainly video games and like TV. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned listening to like the Borderlands soundtrack on your playlist. Is that like your go-to like series, or do you have other stuff? No. Uh, so my favorite game of all time is The Last of Us both games like that's my tattoo and everything is last of us so that's that's the game i always will go back to that and then like i try to play borderlands from time to time and i try to find story driven games red dead redemption obviously howdy how you doing (laughs) (laughs) so that's where that came from i was was just to say which could lead to my next question which you had to answer but like is there anything what from outside of wrestling influence like your wrestling either like character wise or in the ring uh, I feel like Red Dead Redemption is a, a, a safe pick. Yeah, there's some Red Dead Redemption, but there's some stuff that's like off cuff. Like, I mean, Tombstone, the movie, like Doc Holliday is one of my favorite characters of all time. But like, like Beetlejuice, the way he acts in Beetlejuice is very like I look at that and I go, 
what can I do from there? Uh, there's some avatar related stuff and just little stuff like that. I'll pick stuff from that's not all Western. I have to ask Avatar, the James Cameron movie, or Avatar: Last Airbender. Okay, Last Airbender. Had had to make that. Had to make that distinction. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Trust me, and it's the animated series. It's not that M Night Shyamalan. That was just on today. Yeah, it was horrible. I watched it again. I was like, I can't believe they let this go. What about that? This Netflix show. It's going to be great. If Sokka, the character Sokka, is good, the show will be good. I, 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 I think there's been a bunch of stuff they're kind of fucking up, but I haven't yep. looked too deep into it. So it, it, it got it got potential. It got, it, I, I can already tell it could be better than that fucking movie one. But. There's a I lot agree. of complaining. There's a lot of complaining online already. I have seen it on the Twitter machine, and uh, the last Airbender fans are none too pleased right now. Well, they, that's they, why they, I don't Part of the reason they're pissed that they don't want to give the kid kind of too young an age, but they want to go more than two or three gig and get it live action. Like that pissed yeah. people off. Like, well, listen, sometimes you got to just maybe a recast. You never know. But I know that One Piece is awesome. So maybe they'll get yeah. this one right. You never know. And One Piece was fantastic. So I, I trust Netflix. I really do. But they also did that Death Note movie. They did that yeah. Death Note. That, that was, was my favorite movie, Mars. Wasn't that pre COVID? That was pre COVID. That was. They also, they also did that Cowboy Bebop anime. That was not good. Oh, no. Stop. Let's come on. Positive <laughs> thoughts on Netflix. Netflix oh, did Cobra Kai and Glow. Can yeah, I but they did. They did a, a few. Bit. They. I mean, Sandman was one of the finest adaptations they did by far. I can't wait for the next season on that one. Yeah, and Cobra yeah. Kai. Shout out Stingray. Yeah. Well, I I have a quick question for you. Since you know joining the AIW Academy, you uh you've worked with you know some special guests. Um, you worked with Ryan Nemeth. You also yeah. were uh, uh, present during that, you know, Blackpool Combat Club uh, filming where they came to the school. So what what are your thoughts now on like these interactions? How have they helped you kind of figure out what's going on? It's it's a crazy experience because like even at 3D, you get those experiences. But like like when they rolled through like William Regal and Claudio and Mox and all, like and Danielson, and you were just watching them like film something, but like the way they went at it, that just their mindset of doing it, like watching Mox pace back and forth before he cuts a promo and like just turns into Moxley. You're just like, oh, there's levels to this. Like, like I'm here and they're here, like, and I want to be there. So, like, just watching them, you don't even have to ask them questions. Like, if you do ask them questions, smart, but like you can just see they're like on a different wavelength of how they operate. Like Regal was like showing stuff in the ring that I still think about and try to use in some sort of way because it's it's such little things, but it was like the little things are the most important. And with were they them, giving it, you something, by the way, Shelby? Were they giving you any info, or were you just there to watch? Were they were just, they helping? Just, just there to watch, and if they needed someone to throw around, I think was the thought process behind it. Uh, but they would talk to us occasionally, but they were focused on their. Uh, their filming aspect of it, but they were still so kind and generous and like working with Nemeth, that was like, first off, it was insane. Cause you're just, you're like, Oh wow. This is like someone on TV that I'm in the ring with right now. And he's doing all these crazy chaining things and showing you different aspects of how to like take a single leg. And it's like, Oh, he's so good. Like you get it. Like you just look at him and go, Oh, he's incredibly good in this ring. And he moves so efficiently and doesn't have wasted movement, which is another big thing that I picked up. 
Now, you also have worked with the Boogeyman. So what was that like? <laughs> give us some give us some insight on that one where you took I think you took worms, right? Yeah, so I was <laughs> the boogeyman. This I'm wrestling <laughs> this is like the most wild thing to me. Boogeyman walks up. We had to buy like buy the worms and I live out by the lakes. So I have a like a worm guy, quote unquote. <laughs> Just went to a page shop. <laughs> and I get there and Boogeyman shows up, full face paint. He's already in character. This is great. Oh, hi, nice to meet you. And then Boogeyman's like, I need these worms washed. And I'm like, well, who's, I was looking around. I was like, who's going to wash the worms? And then it fell on me. (laughs) And I was like, these worms aren't even in dirt. So like, do they need to be washed? So I washed 12 dozen worms, uh, (laughs) which took forever. It was just like, but then the Boogeyman threw me a 10 spot and he said, hey, thank you. I was like, oh. So he's really eating those things, huh? Yeah, yeah, those are real worms, which made it even more disgusting because I knew. I was like, Bleh. "Now, did you eat them, or no. did you swallow uh-huh. them, or no? Anybody nope. do it besides him? Uh, I think uh, Andy. No, but I mean, anybody want to anybody want to eat it with them, or did did you guys just all kind of bail on the other direction on that? I, I don't think anyone else ate one that I saw, but like, if they did, respect because that couldn't <laughs> be me. <laughs> who are you? Who are you most looking like? Since you've been in the back and hanging out, which who do you think has been your favorite person to kind of see or interact with since you've been since you've been there? Uh, I mean, the go-to is Paul London. Paul London's one of the coolest, incredible, great stories. Like just a ten out of ten. If you can talk to Paul, if you can meet Paul, meet Paul. Like it's that good. Mm-hmm. Java was super cool. Uh, I'm trying to think who else we had that like really like I was like whoa. Eric Bischoff was super nice. So and like that's really cool too. Like they had like the names they bring in and the people you could talk to. But even like the non like like the indie names, like Alec Price is such a cool person to talk to and like hear his thoughts on wrestling. You're just like, whoa, okay. Alec has this whole other perspective that's like crazy. So talking to Alec is always a must. Or even when we brought in Evans when he was coming in, Jack Evans, like his mindset and what he came through and what he did. So it's a cool experience because you get these legends who have made it to the pinnacle, but then you have these indie guys who are like Alec and all of them who are like the top of the indies. So it's like, here's that perspective on this part of the game. Like you have the pinnacle and then you have the top who's going to make it to the pinnacle. And you're just like, you try to talk to everybody. So you're let's, so you're talking, you're talking to everybody. You're getting these lessons and whatnot. Who do you travel with? Who's your car right now? Uh, my usual car is me, Derek and Sam. And then we will throw a fourth will hop in usually, but I'm usually with Derek and Sam. Who pisses you off the most out of those three? (laughs) Hmm? Who pisses you off the most out of those three? I'm guessing it's Derek. I don't know. We'll see what happens with the voicemails here in a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I, uh, Derek sent me these, some, a handful of questions for you. So I shout out to him for uh, for yeah. the the information, but I just know that it's it's probably very difficult to travel with Derek. I just I've heard some things. No, you know? he's actually uh, he's super easy to travel with. It's, <laughs> it's it's a good time. There's a lot of jokes. Some come towards me. I can fire him back, and he doesn't get like it's always a good time. The music on the way home is always fun. So it's it's a good travel with Derek, and Sam's always a cool guy to travel with. And then I've hopped in cars with other people, Jocelyn Broner, and like I've I've been lucky in the cars I've gotten into. Now that's that's a large car. The the three of you, you guys are all long and 
there's there's, there's a lot going on in that car. Is it hard for you guys to travel long distance? No, because we usually set a minimum of four. Yeah. So we, ha- we have our space. Nice. Mars, Jayhawk, you got anything before we start rolling? I'm good with voicemail coming Mark and Scott Cumberland. I think it's time to get to some voicemails. All right. Oh, brother. Hello. No one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Uh, up first is Derek Dillinger, call number one. Oh, Lord. Hello, this is Derek Dillinger, big fan of the show. I have a call for Shelby Wilder. Um, call number one here. Shelby Wilder, why are you the worst player at the board game? Sorry. Please explain to the panel. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, shoot. I'm not the worst at sorry, first off. <laughs> But sounds like an outlandish accusation. So what makes you bad at it? I'm not. I just was getting teamed up on. Listen, everyone was attacking old Shelby because Shelby is a a targetable person, I guess. They just kept coming after me going, sorry. And it was just, I'm not the worst. It was was a rigged game from the start. Is that that your favorite board game? I love sorry. Sorry is real fun. Sorry, Monopoly. Uno. Uno is another good one. Nice. Yeah, when you when you play Uno, or do you do the you can stack up the wild cards and have somebody end up like drawing like eighteen cards and shit. Yeah, that's the only way to play. Is it? Yeah, I don't yeah. care what Uno says. Yeah. House rules. Uh, dude, dude, we, I, my wife and I used to have a card night with the other couple every every other weekend. We made Uno a fucking drinking game. If you got the worst hand, you did a shot, and I and they usually gained up on me on purpose. But they like gave me drunk. So I was fucked up by like hand four. <laughs> that sounds like a dangerous game. That sounds real dangerous. Yeah, it, it, it was fun, but I don't remember a lot of those nights. Card games are for creeps. I don't play those things. Come on now. You don't play euchre. Like I don't euchre. Play, I, I don't play any state? card games. I like I like blackjack. If we're playing for money, and we're good to go. That's a card game. That's right. One card game. That's it. And it's you a gambling. Play Uno for money. You strike me like a pinochle guy, Jay Gold. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I don't know how to play that shit. <laughs> no, he's definitely a go fish guy. Yes. Go thank fish. you, Butters. Yes. I played I played cribbage one year at Cauliflower Alley, and I actually wasn't bad at it, but I've never played it again. Who are you playing with? Uh, I, the, I was That year, I played Cowboy Bill White in the first oh. round, and I lost by one point. That year, like Cowboy Bob Orton was gone in the tournament. The Destroyer was in the tournament. A cribbage tournament? Yeah. The Destroyer and Cowboy Bob Orton? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the Sean brothers was playing that year. Oh. It was fucking Where cool. Where were you playing? At the Cauliflower Alley Club reunion in Vegas. It's just what? something they do part of the reunion. All the old, t- the old Shelby, time have a cribbage tournament. And anybody else can, that wants to play can play. He's I a Hall of Fame referee. He goes to every true. year. Yeah. I yeah. don't. It's been. I don't go every year. It's been a few years since I've been there. I'm probably skipping this year too, just because Phil, trying to take my kid to Philly for Mania. But what's next? Oh yeah, let's yep. Derek Part Two. Yep. <laughs> Hello, this is Derek Dillinger for call number two. I'm sure I'll have a couple more as the week goes on. Um, Shelby Wilder, this is a question directly to you. Um, you're probably going to dodge this question, but you need to answer it. Um, Shelby, what was the best gift? Dr. Daniel C. Rockingham has ever presented you. Um, explain to the panel. Thank you. Goodbye. Why can't I remember? He gives like, out gifts? Who's he giving gifts to? Oh, you know what? This guy's this guy's a jerk. <laughs> All right. All right. It just came to me because I know what he wants. 
All right, Derek, I'll give you the answer. So we went to the night of the races with me, Derek, Dan. Dan invited us out, and they have their T-shirts for his race car, and it was a very nice shirt and very soft. It's a very nice shirt, and I very much was appreciative to have a shirt. So it's the shirt Dr. Dan gave me. Are you happy? I have one of those shirts, by the way. Yeah, right? See? They're comfy. There's going to be a follow-up voicemail in here somewhere about the shirt. I guarantee it. Uh, Up next is uh, Ronald Two Legs. Uh, Hey, yo. It's your boy, Ronald Two Legs, uh, from a little podcast called The Card is Going to Change. Uh, my question is for, uh, oh, sorry, I forgot to mention I was calling from Derek Dillinger's cell phone. Uh, my question is for Shelby Wilder, um, known cowboy. Uh, what, 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 is your, <laughs> what is your favorite sandwich? Uh, why is it the Pilgrim? And do you eat it the long way? Uh, <laughs> answer off the air. Also, what's your favorite slur? What? <laughs> I think everyone should answer that one. Yeah, I think yeah, you need to all, answer that second one, the second part of that first. Uh, that's no. the more important question. No. no he yeah. actually has to say the floor. Right? Okay, my favorite floor. Oh, Jayhawk. You're going to get Jay- canceled Whoa. for that. Whoa. <laughs> Come on now. See, it's, see, if you just pick the right slur, you can say it. Like, I can just say, oh, I love, I love. So, yeah. Marcy, come on! <laughs> oh, for Pete's sake! Uh, what do you think I'll of the Pilgrim? It's a good sandwich. <laughs> I, I've never had a, I've never had a Pilgrim, so I don't know what a Pilgrim is really. It's like a Thanksgiving sandwich. Yeah, it doesn't. I, I, I maybe I'll have one one day, but I've never you, had it. Wait, are you a Chicky Nuggies guy? Like the rest of you Ohio guys who don't have any taste, and you guys just no, eat no, chicken no, nuggets no. and like ketchup? No, 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 peanut butter and jellies. <laughs> That's it. I mean, from time to time, I'll throw in, like, a slider. Do you like a good steak or some, like, Chinese oh, food or, you know, sushi? Yeah. Or, or are you just eating, like, you know, Thorne, who doesn't put condiments on anything, eating sandpaper all the time? No, I, I mean, I'll eat, like, Mexican food, Italian, uh, Chinese food. Like, I like all foods. I was talking more gas station appropriate. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what, what, right. is, what, is, what is the sheet corner, dude? I know so you've got the sheet you're writing with Derek. I, I, don't, I don't order from the sheets machine, like the thing. I, I buy two peanut butter and jellies, preferably grape. Uh, you and I are the sheet. same. I don't order from the machine either. I buy the pre-made sandwiches out of the, the weird no, refrigerator. No, 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 no. That's different. Shelby buys the PB&Js. Those are acceptable. What you buy is that's blasphemy. The Just ham and the cheese buckets. on white bread. Yeah. Well, I will say I do get the wraps <laughs> sometimes that are the pre-made wraps. See? Those are on, you're on the fence. You're on the fence. Okay, on the fence. I'll take it. And then I get a cheese stick and then a Dunkin' Donuts coffee. So that's like my sheets coat too. If you're going to if you're going to get a pre wrap uh, a pre made sandwich from sheet, you may as well just order the cup from the freaking machine. Then they make it fresh for you, and I've been getting for three fucking days. That's a lot of steps, right? You're 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 there with Derek. You have time. You can uh, customize it just how you want. But they already have it how I want it. Yeah, see, I I'm all with I'm with Shelby in this one. I like a good pre-made ham and cheese on white from uh, from Sheets, something like and that, have, or an egg sandwich with sausages that's been sitting out for two days. And I haven't gotten sick yet, so like they're not bad. There you go. Well, see, only Mars? takes only takes one time. But don't put that in the universe. Yeah, maybe he needs to get have a, maybe he'll have a TV uh, 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 tryout, and he needs to get six packs so he'll go and he'll eat a pre-made sandwich from Sheets. And vomit everywhere, and then he'll look nice and you know shredded. 
Oh, that's like, you just got vomit a lot. That's what I do. Yeah, it's it works. <laughs> but <Don't. it's... laughs> this, this podcast does not condone bulimia. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say we're we're getting we're getting way into the uh, eating the quarter discussion here. Let's not do that. I was just talking about how I look good, but that's all. <laughs> yeah, the same. Yeah, all three from Derek. Oh, fuck. oh <laughs> Hello, this is Derek Jones. You're calling from Big Sam Holloway's phone. I have a question for Shelby Wilder. Shelby, if there was going to be a fight between a waitress of a Primani Brothers first a little frail, lactose intolerant child, who would win this fight? And why would the waitress beat up this lactose intolerant child? Thank you. Goodbye. Okay, this- that's a very specific question, and wow. I think I have a story. Whoa. Uh, yeah, these titans. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, the waitress would win because the lactose intolerant child wouldn't fight a waitress. How do you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just my guess. That's what I would say. Are you lactose intolerant? I am. You're that child, aren't you? You fought I a waitress, Shelby? Did you fight yeah. a waitress at Permanente Brothers? No, Derek and Sam tried to get the waitress to fight me. <laughs> <laughs> That was they were the problem oh. causers. I was just would, being quiet and nice. Would you oh, let the, just to be nice? Would you let the waitress beat you up? Yes, because I, I wouldn't fight back. <laughs> would you it, bump for her on the counter at Primanti Brothers, like right into like a fries that. and a sandwich? <laughs> I, I, I don't know about that. You only got it's, so many. <laughs> and it depends how hot the waitress is, whether she'd hide down for her or not. I'm just listen. If they're from Primanti Brothers, I don't know how hot they can be. Those Pittsburgh uh, waitresses, but um. You're getting a pack of Newports out of it, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, or Marlboro Reds. Depends on depends yep. on the person. My kind of gal. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know who the next person is, but they called twice, and it's pretty creepy. So here you go. Oh, Lord. Papa, do you think you can make me a warm glass of milk for bed? I have my big Dr. Dunn t-shirt and my pantyhose. Please make me some milk. I didn't bring my cough drop downstairs. I need them after that. I, I don't know what is going on when this when this has gotten off the rails, but you know maybe that works for you, Shelby. Holy uh, shit! Oh uh, shoot! Uh, all right, context. Uh, not needed. You could sit on it if you want. That one was just weird. You did see uh, the T-shirt, the Doctor Dan T-shirt, when going to come back into play at some point. No, I told you what. It's because I'll just give. I'll give like a little context. There's some people who say, because of my T-shirt wearing, that I sleep in the T-shirt. And now they call me sleep in it? I felt, yes, one, a couple times I've, I fall asleep in T-shirts. I just, I sleep. <laughs> and I said that to Dr. Dan. So now I get called Winnie the Pooh from time to time. And they go, Papa, <laughs> Wait, but you're sleeping without a bottom if you're Winnie the Poohing it? No, I mean, I sleep, I have shorts on. That's the thing. They just <laughs> take it out of context. Record straight. I sleep in shorts, usually, and like no t-shirt, but like sometimes I'll fall asleep in a t-shirt. And they so, just take it as I wear a t-shirt and nothing else. So you're Donald Ducking it. Okay, I got it. I got it. <laughs> yeah. I'm Donald Ducking it. Brutal. Okay. Brutal. Papa, Here comes another papa. I'm afraid I've made a big mistake. I've poopied <laughs> my pantyhose while drinking my milk. Do you think you could whip me up a chalky milkshake for bed? I'm so sorry, Papa. I didn't mean to poopy my pals. What the fuck is going on? I don't know. We should. We. <laughs> uh, 
How did that get through our 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 sensors? I don't understand. Yeah, how this? I what? That was very strange. How this happened? Uh, uh, well, that's funny. That's good. Glad you're enjoying yourself, Shelby. Yeah, it's <laughs> that hilarious. Is bizarre. Okay. Up next is Jeff Steele. Oh, Jeff Steele. All right, this is Jeff Steele calling in for Shelby Wilder. I need to know, Shelby, what's your favorite Johnny Cash song? And then, out of these two old-time cowboys, who is the number one? Clint Eastwood or John Wayne? Yeehaw. Oh, tough question. Yeah, those. Yeah, that's a. Uh, it's weird to go from the papa thing to like an actual question. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. It's like a weird lead up. Uh, I, my favorite Johnny Cash song is probably "The Man Comes Around." That or "How High Is the Water." I think that's the title of that one. I can't ever remember. Uh, yeah, those two. There's a lot of good Johnny Cash songs now in my head. And then I think John Wayne. I think John Wayne was the embodiment of a cow. In my mind, I might be wrong on that, but I think of John Wayne as a cowboy more than Clint Eastwood. He was also yeah. the embodiment of Genghis Khan, so he's also Asian right. somehow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like they, can't, they can't all be winner butter, but yeah. So, 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 what made you want to grow the mustache like that? Was that just to, to lean into the gimmick, or Joyce have the mustache? I, I've had the mustache since I was twenty. It's my dad more than anyone is uh-huh. the reason mustache it works though for the cowboy gimmick yeah it leaned in pretty well i'm kind of i'm kind of happy about it i'm glad it's not like a, a, a weak mustache uh jeff calls back oh jeff Steele. jeff Steele. Shelby wilder follow-up question <laughs> what is your number one western movie oh i mean that one's easy it's tombstone tombstone nice. or silverado but tombstone that movie, when it's on, it's just you can't turn it off. It's just that good. No, you gotta watch it. It's it's now, a classic. There's some other really good ones, but Tombstone's a classic. Do you have an opinion on the Wyatt Earp movie that came out like a year, maybe six months after the one with uh, Kevin Costner? Yeah, I mean, it's a good movie, but I just don't like. Once Tombstone came out, they could have been like, "All right, the cowboy genre is done." Yeah, Dennis Quaid is nowhere near as good as a of a Doc Holliday as Val Kilmer. I would say. Yeah, I mean, Val Kilmer is probably one of the top 10 greatest actors of all time. And that role alone should have been an Oscar winner. Yeah. that was. Has, has anybody else on this panel ever seen a parody Western movie called Rustler's Rhapsody? No. no. It, was, it was done in the mid eighties and it's a parody of all those old spaghetti Westerns, like Tom Bergeron is the main in like the main character and he's a singing cowboy and they go huh? through all the tropes of the singing cowboy and, the, Tom Bergeron from from Dancing with the Stars? No, oh, oh no, Tom Berenger. I'm sorry. Oh, thank God, Berenger. What the fuck? <laughs> no, Tom Tom Berenger from yeah from Good Jake movies. Taylor, Jake Taylor, Jake Taylor from Major League among That's others. Right. Yeah, yeah, like the guy who the guy who played Lieutenant Herrick in, in Police Academy is consistent. Oh, his, side, his sidekick. Oh, Mary nice. Lou in it. Andy Griffiths in it at the sheriff of the town. I recommend if you can find it any place, it's impossible to find. I recommend it. It's it's, it's, it's very funny. I'll have to check it out. Is, is it funnier than a, a Mel Brooks movie? Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles yeah. is awesome. Well, and yeah. Blazing Saddles gets the premier Western parody movie. I know it's nowhere near. It's nowhere near Blazing Saddles, but it's still good. Okay, good to have a a check in where it is. All right, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna try to find it. 
Jayhawk doesn't steer you wrong normally, Shelby. He's got he's got a vast knowledge of things that if if it's if it's out there and it's kind of oldie old and it could be wrestling related, it could be kind of old school. Jayhawk's that that old school mentality. All right, I'm gonna check it out. I really will. I'll have a report on it. What do you got, Butters? What's last? And the final caller is Sid. Oh, oh. hello, IDB guys. It's Cleveland's only British resident slash pro wrestler slash actor, and not the other way around. Sydney von England here with a call for my uh, my good friend, Shelby Wilder. Um, Shelby, uh been for a while, and I'd like you to tell the good people of RDB Guide about how comfortable your nighttime apparel is and which wrestler is featured upon it. Okay, love you, bye. <laughs> I feel like we answered this one already, but if you want to go ahead. Go Dr. On, Dan t-shirt. <laughs> it's a comfy shirt. It's real nice. <laughs> Buy one today. Which one is it? Is it the is it the pink dabble or do or is it the one with the racing on it? It's like it's for his like uh like their racing, like their mm-hmm. car racing. So it's like yeah. it's not a Dr. Dan merch, it's his like gladiator it's his gladiator on the back. Yeah, I have one of those. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That is a good, good. one. It's not I, I mean, I don't know if I'd sleep and it's still hundred percent heavyweight cotton. But you know. I don't I, they might have switched because this one's super soft. Oh, is it? Yeah. The one he gave me was 100% heavyweight cotton, and that's that's a no-no in my book, even though I wear it to work out or something. But mm. hmm. but also, I don't sleep in it all the time. This has gotten so blown out of proportion. <laughs> oh, you know <laughs> that guy. Here comes Shelby Wilder, that guy who likes to Donald Duck it to the ring. There he is. Winnie yes. the Pooh. <laughs> yeah, that's why I wear a poncho. Right. Poncho with no pants. Yeah. I, I want somebody to explain to me why Donald Duck can just wear a shirt with no pants, and that's fine. But as soon as he takes the shirt off, he has to cover up. Because it's the it's the feathers that cover up his his lower section. Yeah, so, it's the walls yeah. of Looney Tunes. That's right. The feathers cover it up. <laughs> yeah, it's the feathers. The problem is I don't know what the, what Pooh Bear's excuse is, but Wait, I do know that. Do you find out about those chaps though that he wears? That you know, <laughs> all chaps are assless. So they sure are. Mine aren't. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> I, I mean, technically, but. I don't. I don't wear them as in such manner. <laughs> you wear them with your Doctor Dan T-shirt, so everything's covered up. <laughs> All right, wait a minute. <laughs> I thought this was a friendly environment. I'm gonna get it's Pedro. a safe place. It's a safe place. How do you get Pedro I to think do those cu- with you? I think it's cute, so you should keep doing it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it's I very just find Pedro, by the way. I just gotta find him. You just go. You follow him to like the supermarket, and you're like, "Oh, yeah. hey, what are you doing here? You want to do a video with me?" Yeah, I have an air tag on Pedro at all times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's perfect. I'm sure he loves it. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I just I look forward to it uh every time you cut a promo. I was expecting him to show up in the uh one uh, that you cut on uh our good friend Dom Garini as well. And uh I think it just needs to be a continuous thing, even if it's just like him in the background doing something and you just kind of following him. I think it's really fun. Hell yeah, yeah. I'm, I I I took a break. I wanted this last promo to be a little more serious and like because it was coming off the injury. But now right. now that we're back on a roll, if I if and when I'm on shows, I'm gonna make sure I can find Pedro. It's you know, well the thing that we kind of talked about on uh, the cards going to change last week that Thorn really didn't get your character, and then like that kid understood it and loved it his nephew or whatever and like that's like it's just different that's what like 
stands out to certain people. Like you can have nine ass beaters, but if you got a guy that's just a goofy cowboy, like it's fun. Like it, that's I like fun gimmicks. Like it doesn't have to always be serious. Like yeah, you can have you know your broners out there doing stuff, and that's cool too. But like, give me a goofy cowboy, and that's like I'm gonna enjoy myself. Like it's, it's good stuff. Like you gotta have some comedy in wrestling too. That's that's a good point. Yeah. I, I, tell, I, tell us by I, the way before you before you start to wrap up, tell us about the winning that plaque and how excited I heard I heard you got you were pretty happy about it. I I was I was pumped. Cause like, I was like, my family was there and I was like, look at this. Hey, that's I'm nice. making something of it. And like, my mom was crying and she loved it. She was so happy. Oh, hey, it was, it was a, it was a cool moment. It's a cool thing, you know, cause especially like with my class of people, like it's a very, like, it's like, it could have went to anyone in my class. And I mean, it could have went to Sam, but like Sam was on that August, August edge. And Reese Hayes is great. So, and I'm the 880 champ. I got to go get that. Thanks for reminding me. Uh, but he's a, it's, it was a cool moment. It's like something I'm proud of, but I also know that I got to keep going now and making sure I live up to the rookie of the year title. And the real question, did you enjoy your gridlock? I, you know, I drank it right away. <laughs> and I People was like, just want it right away. I was like, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's a drink. I just got my ass kicked by Dom. <laughs> I need a beverage. So, yeah, I, I have to act. Did John Thorne put a bounty out on you or something? But Dom was lighting you up like you owed him money. And how responsible are we for this? <laughs> so that's why I'm here today. Uh, <laughs> I want to sue because <laughs> no, uh, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think it was a full bounty. I think it was Dom wanted to welcome me back, and then the award got announced and then it was like all right let's see let's see if he's the rookie of the year let's see if he is what he says people say he is so i had to go in there and take my licks and show i'm a pretty tough guy i can get beat up a little bit but still stay in it but it was a cool moment to be in there with dom it was a it was a fun time even though i'm still recovering so what do you want to do now now you're you're you know five six matches under your belt um you've wrestled dom i mean that's a big big get early in your career uh what do you want this year what would you where do you see yourself what other spots do you think you can you you want to get yourself into you know and and as you grow what's the goal i i want to wrestle as much as obvious as much as possible obviously sorry i got a little mixed up there but like traveling more like is always a goal like going up to greek town in canada like to do that more. I was just at revenge. And although that didn't go according to plan, because Wes didn't think that PB was going to not beat me up. So, you know, that didn't work out. Uh, but so going to revenge, hopefully enjoy. I'd love to wrestle and enjoy. Cause like I did the taco mania, do that again. And like, I, I'm going gonna, gonna to wrestle and enjoy. I'm in that, uh, that odyssey battle Royal. I might have to come in just to throw you out. Even if I'm there as security. Okay. Just to just to be like, hey, this is for Dom for what happened. <laughs> He's having tights made and everything. No, so. no come on, no. Are you wearing chaps? I was gonna do some Samoa Joe gear. My, uh, personally, I thought I could fit in some Samoa Joe gear, but I don't know. I don't think I'm uh, too confident in my body. That's because you're sick right it. now, but you will be. You can do it. It's enjoy. You're not gonna get body shamed. And enjoy. Come on. 
I, I will say this, uh, because you won rookie of the year, uh, we're going to go ahead. And so we had a belt commissioned, uh, the IW guide title, and it's going to be defended at some point, uh, to crown the first ever champion and probably like a fatal four way. Uh, does everybody agree that, uh, we offer Shelby a spot in that? I'm yeah, down. I think he should I get think one. It's only fair. Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. snap. So, uh, there's already one other competitor that's agreed, uh, and that is the 2023 wrestler of the year, Derek Dillinger. So you two will be two of the four in that match. You know, it's yeah. crazy. I just, I remembered I'm booked that day. <laughs> uh, no, well, it's uh, great. We don't have, we don't have a date for it yet. So, you know, we can move things around. Yeah. We're, oh. we're flexible. You'll be in there before you know it. Yep. Very, we're very fluid like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to talk to Pedro. I don't know about this. No, I'm all I'm all in for that. I'm yeah. I'll t- I'll take a, I'll take on Derek. Oh, be careful what you wish for. You got a belt buckle on the line. I gotta win it. Gotta get nice. a new belt buckle for the collection. So um, now we go into our our uh, um, plugs. So tell us where you're gonna be. Tell us you know what's coming up for you, and give us your handles on there. All right. So handle wise, Twitter is at Shelby Wilder. Instagram is Quick Draw Wilder. Uh, as to where I'm going to be, Leap Year, February 29th, I will be at the Leap Show. What I'm doing, I do not know. Pedro has not called me yet, so <laughs> I haven't heard. Uh, and then in March, March 15th, I'll be at Spot Monkey in a six man tag. And those are the two that are lining up right now. Those are the two for sure. And then I'll be in a car going all over the place, hopefully every weekend. Awesome. Well, we we truly appreciate you having having you on. Um, stick around as we we just finish our uh, our plugs. But uh, thank you again. It's 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 good to have the IWTV. Uh, I mean, IW Guide uh, Rookie of the Year uh, with us for uh, over an hour. So we appreciate it. Jayhawk, follow me on Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok at Ref Jayhawk. Instagram at Jayhawk one five three nine. This Saturday at 6 p.m., I will be at the Ohio Urban Renaissance Center in Youngstown, Ohio, for Real Action Pro Wrestling. That's what I got going on in the immediate future. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and SoundCloud at your girlfriend boy, boy spelled B-O-I. I listen to Deathmatch Dance Party now on my SoundCloud. I got some stuff lined up. I don't think I can announce yet, but yeah, stuff's going down. Any more with your show, Mars? Oh, but yeah, they were recording, so there'll probably be one Sunday. Awesome uh butters is uh he's there you can find <laughs> find him at charlie underscore butters on twitter um and he'll get his brain put back in his head next week uh please rate oh you can find me on twitter and instagram at jgold 12 rate review and subscribe please wherever you listen to us uh check out our twitter handle it is iwguide one the youtube page which we are hoping one day to get up and running will be a little bit more into our what are we being called vtubes vtubers yeah, we're gonna become VTubers. That's us. We're gonna you're gonna see me as a uh, Galgo 13 character. Um, and then the patreon.com backslash IW guide. Don't forget about the merch store over brainbustertees.com. Check out you know our faces, put them on your bodies. Um, also uh, Marcy's Arcade. Uh, we have a bunch of other designs there, stand from Burlington, all those. Um, check out our other listen to the podcast friends at odds with wrestling. The card is going to change, the super fantastic podcast. The Short Bus Social Club with our friend Dalton, Marks with Mikes, and... 
Hi, Abusi, a wrestling adjacent podcast. We miss Ed on the Twitter. Uh, check out the other friends. JCP Designs, the official graphic designer of the Indie Wrestling Guide, PWPonderings.com, Time Capsule Toys, Toy Hio, which just happened last week. And unfortunately, Butters, I'm so sorry that you didn't feel well for that. Um, Rubber City Toys, Big Starks brand, Set Tab Photo, Women's Wrestling Watch of Northeast Ohio. I will see you on Sunday at Wrestlers Lab. Uh, show of Bunga 2, Michelle Carter, Jose Rodriguez Photography, AJ Small Photography, Stash Pages, our pal Will over Gorilla Press Apparel, Angry Lemonade, and Smoking Jay's Barbecue, the best barbecue in Ohio. That's all I got. Um, you know, our our butters is sick, so wash your hands. And uh, for that's 20 our medical, seconds. That's our right. medical advice. Wash your right. hands. Wash your hands for 20 seconds. Sing happy birthday while you're doing it. The medical advice is actually cough on your fists before you punch somebody because it adds plus 10 poison damage. <laughs> <laughs> it's a critical hit. That's what there you go. Critical. Well, watch Independent Wrestling, everybody. We'll see you next time. Later. Bye. Later, dweebs. To the town of Alfre, who rode a stranger one fine day. Hardly spoke to folks around him, didn't have too much to say. No one dared to ask his business, no one dared to make a slip. The stranger there among them had a big iron on his hip. Big iron on his head. It was early in the morning when he rode into the town. He came riding from the south side, slowly looking all around. He's an outlaw loose and running, came the whisper from each lip. And he's here to do some business with the big iron on his hip. Big iron on his hip. In this town there lived an outlaw by the name of Texas Red. Many men had tried to take him and that many men were dead. He was vicious and a killer, though a youth of 24. And the notches on his pistol numbered one and 19 more. One and 19 more. Now the stranger started talking, made it plain to folks around. Was an Arizona Ranger, wouldn't be too long in town. He came here to take an outlaw back alive or maybe dead. And he said it didn't matter, he was after Texas Red. After Texas Red. Wasn't long before the story was relayed to Texas Red. But the outlaw didn't worry, men that tried before were dead. Twenty men had tried to take him, twenty men had made a slip. Twenty-one would be the ranger with the big iron on his hip. Big iron on his hip. The morning passed so quickly it was time for them to meet. It was twenty past eleven when they walked out in the street. Folks were watching from the windows, everybody held their breath. They knew this handsome ranger was about to meet his death. About to meet his death. There was forty feet between them when they stopped to make their play. And the swiftness of the ranger is still talked about today. 
Texas red is not cleared leather for a bullet fairly ripped And the ranger's aim was deadly with the big iron on his hip Big iron on his hip It was over in a moment and the folks had gathered round There before them lay the body of the outlaw on the ground Oh, he might have went on living, but he made one fatal slip When he tried to match the ranger with a big iron on his hip Big iron on his hip Big iron, big iron When he tried to match the ranger with a big iron on his hip Big iron on his hip